afternoon, good evening, good metal. My name's Coop and welcome to the Spoken Metal Show. This episode, really, uh, it's the first time I've had to hold off an episode to a certain date, so like a, almost like an NDA, kind of not really allowed to say anything about it until a particular release date. I'll get into that in just a second. But it's a really nice chat with uh, my friend uh, Donnie Hopkins. And we talk about his band Anta and their EP and, and Dark Spectrum and stuff and what's coming out with them. And when we talk about Crumbling Ghost as well, and the folk side of metal, and a little bit we touch about on then. But there's, like I said at the beginning of, of when we sit down and talk, there's no way of hiding or burying the lead, as they say. Uh, Donnie's music and, and his and his band have been uh, on the video game Cyberpunk 2077, I believe, as uh, their Dread Souls is, uh, is their songs, is their kind of like artist thing on there. I'll put a whole bunch of links when I put this up as well, but if you've been, been playing the, the video game or you're indeed into video games, Cyberpunk is uh, getting on a soundtrack is is quite a quite a big a big deal to be honest with you. And we talk about that as as well as a whole host of other things. It was a beautiful thing of like I'm I, I'm a huge video games fan, so to find someone who likes video games and metal and we kind of pulled those worlds together, it was really interesting to do and a lot of fun. And we talk about a whole host of other things as well. But it was um, that was the the touch, and I couldn't say anything because that that video game has a release date, and he has obviously things that he's not allowed to say as well. And it was fun. It was fun to kind of see how that that album break and and see a lot of people getting interested in, in his band. As I say, I'll put some links and some bits and pieces to the various projects so you can hear them, which I suggest you do because the stuff I've heard is is absolutely superb. And Donnie's just a a really nice guy, and it's a really interesting insight into that world and what happens when you kind of move into that soundtracks and video games and that type of world as well and how we talk a little bit about how metal combines with that we'll talk about doom and things like that where metal was used as part of the soundtrack and i've always seen like first person choosers and video games and things like that as a as a complete link to to metal and music i've the two are very much in, intertwined for me this is a really nice conversation with my friend donny hopkins so ladies and gentlemen and someone i wanted to speak to for for quite some time after kind of meeting up in an unusual place but we'll we'll, we'll get into that later on but uh, someone who is we often talk about people kind of getting it done during this especially during this time when it's very difficult to kind of do anything other than record and 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 and, and that type of thing it wants to speak to someone who is what I would say he's very much an epitome of grassroots uh, type of musician. Also, it was interesting, uh, this musician and an artist does several different types of, of genres within the metal thing, and, and and some things that I wasn't immediately familiar with, so I want to get into that as well. Um, but I really want to sit down ever since uh, this gentleman sent me a whole bunch of his work and a whole bunch of his tunes, and I just thought it was, it, it was fantastic. Um, so let, let's get straight into it. Uh, it. It's finally nice to sit down with Donny. Donny Hopkins, how are we doing, sir? Yeah, not bad, man. Cheers. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I'll, I'll, we're kind of difficult to kind of start these things off, but I normally tend to go with, um, I'll tease something. Okay, I'll tease something. I'll try and be a pro about it. Um, we met through a video games kind of Discord channel and a fan yeah. of video games and stuff like that. And one of the things that conversations that come up was how that you're going to be involved in, in i would say possibly the largest video game this year if it indeed comes out this year um, yeah. we'll get into that yeah. i want to tease it but that's how yeah. we started <laughs> to the conversation yeah. And, yeah. and what have you where did it start for you then don where, where, what was the first sort of music you were hearing was it even metal for me uh, growing up as a kid my my dad was a 
a singer. Um, it's like a rock and roll fan. So it was all, yeah, Bill Haley, Eddie Cochran, Billy Fury, all that sort of stuff. We had a jukebox uh, in the front room, a pool table, yeah. and a, a big painting of a naked woman on the on the <laughs> chimney breast. And, um, and yeah, so I, I started listening to music back then, but then, you know, being a, a kid of the 80s and then teenager in the 90s, that sort of thing, taping the, the charts off the radio mm. and then listening back. And then I got to a point where I think there was Iron Maiden. I think it was not Fear of the Dark, Be Quick or Be Dead. Oh, I think okay. Extreme, Extreme are on there. Um, Faith No More, all about in the same sort of space of a few few weeks or a few months. And yeah, it just changed everything. And then that was just... <laughs> it's interesting yeah. you say, Be Quick or Be Dead. It's not the, it's not the go-to Maiden, is it? That's the one with the... I'm trying to think that's one with Eddie was the tail gunner, wasn't it? I'm pretty sure I remember no, it, that cover. Yeah. Where is I think it's the newspaper. And I think he's got oh, is, it, yeah. is it Murdoch? He's yeah, got, yeah. Yeah, but he got Murdoch by the throat. And, it uh, was just yeah. it, 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 Iron Maiden comes up a lot. Uh, it comes up a yeah. lot because they kind of were the first fully formed packaged metal, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like everything was complete, yeah. wasn't it? The artwork, the, the kind of the whole thing was presented really packaged well, wasn't it? Yeah, I just remember going going to WH Smith's and picking up the tape <laughs> of it of um, of Fear of the Dark, the album. Yeah, and then just I remember it so vividly. I was crossing the road and the tape is like a bit of a delay going in, and all of a sudden it just comes in with that drum intro, and it scared the absolute shit out of me. And I just just like literally jumped out of my skin, just crossing the road, and I was just like, yeah. Yeah. When was the last it. time you were scared by music, ladies and gentlemen? Oh, no. That's what we want. Metal should scare yeah. you a bit. It should be. <laughs> I remember listening to um to ACDC's Highway to Hell. And at the very yeah. end of the album, I, I think Night Prowl is the last song. And at the very end, there's uh Bon Scott's uh, the re- reversed sort of I thought it was reverse speech, you know, like I had like you turned an LP yeah. around and I th- and it was and he said Chasba Nanu Nanu, and I thought it was a reverse <laughs> thing. And it wasn't, it was from Mork and Mindy, but at the time, <laughs> the time, it terrified me. Oh, and man. that's one of the things that, like, especially when Maiden came on top of the pops, they were still hmm. in a position where they were seen as, like, almost, like, devil-worshipping, you know, yeah. sacrificial uh, virgins type of... It was crazy, and they were completely... Yeah, well, I, I remember um, Bring Your Daughter to the Slaughter, yes. when that was... Like number one for it got to number one because no one released anything, so it kind of snuck in, yeah. Yeah, and I remember seeing that like as a younger kid and just going, What is this? and just not getting it at all. Yeah, and then, yeah, like I say, a few years later, just like, Yeah, just hit me like right in those sort of teenage years. I was like, Because it's it's it's, it's, the thing about metal, and and obviously, Sabbath talked about it when they were creating Black Sabbath, and they were like, Yeah, is that is that kind of roller coaster effect that when you're going high and low on a roller coaster it kind of pulls your emotions and fear and speed scared of something is a is an yeah. emotion and it, and it's why we go and see horror movies like you know geezer said he, that's why we go and see horror movies and we, we kind of want to be and then so yeah you go from this kind of wow that's scary but it's also fascinating it's like i yeah, really like that, that what they're it's singing about what are they different. singing about you know yeah i think as well sort of being brought up with that rock and roll side of things it's like you know it's kind of a natural progression but it's yeah it's like yeah this is this is my thing this is my like where i where i fit in where i get it yeah but yeah i loved it but before that it was 
Madonna, Paula Abdul. Yes, <laughs> rock set. Of course it was. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even in the rock and roll days, you think about these kind of subversive characters like Arthur Brown and Alice Cooper and all these kind of crazy figures that were kind of pre-eminent before you got to the likes of Ozzy and then Marilyn Manson and, and, and beyond yeah. it and, you know, uh, uh, and that type of character. It, it was all there. You could kind of see where it was leading to, and everybody was just taking a little further each time. And I think what I Maiden did is they kind of said, you know, they kind of said, listen, you can talk about these things. You can have quite long songs. You can have guitar solos and songs, and it's all okay. And then yeah. a whole load of other bands kind of ran past them after they pushed the door through and kind of running between their legs and through, and they were out, and everything was kind of available. What? Where did you move from, from Maiden? What did that open you to? That took me through to, I think the the first three CDs that I bought, I think was uh, Metallica Black Album, Megadeth, Countdown to Extinction, and Ministry, in case you didn't okay. feel like showing up. Yeah. Like, just on like a weird thing. And then hearing that, and hearing that sort of weird sort of industrial yeah, yeah. thing. And then I, I think I got the live video of that okay. as well with Jenna Biafra. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like at the That's end, doing like the spoken word stuff. Yeah. And then from there, it just sort of, yeah, Carcass, Entombed. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, like yeah. Head, not Headbangers Ball. Um, Noisy Mothers. And, yes. And stuff Comes like up that. Recording that in the middle yes. of the night, and then yeah, like Entombed uh, videos on there, and yeah, Carcass, and a lot of that earache. Yeah, you would have had like left hand being, path and heartwork and and, yeah, and yeah, some of the best. Especially being, especially being from Nottingham as well, being like a teenager in Nottingham. Yeah. So like, yeah, it, all the earache stuff, and then. That, well, that was what was what, whole death so fascinating route. about it. Like, so some of our American listeners only ever had really Headbangers Ball. Yeah. And um, it was kind of painted as the whole thing was was a American and an American metal. And that was it. And occasionally you'd, you'd dip out, you'd see what this, before grunge, you had the sort of Seattle mm. scene. But you never really had a regional-based thing until maybe Pantera and, and Texas and that type of thing. But yeah. in Britain, because of earache, uh, we had like, it put places like Nottingham on the map and Bristol uh, you know, and, and these fabulous sort of cities that were the birthplace of like, you know, the likes of Napalm Death and, and bands like yeah. that. And you, and, and you found like this wonderful connection between, um, well, they live around here or they live close by here. So they're just like me. So I can do that as well. It's, they're, they're kind of like my my football team, if you will, the kind of someone I can rally around, you know. That's it. Yeah, I, I, I really like to pitch shifter. And yes. I was like, oh, again, with that industrial thing. And I'd get on the bus yeah. and uh, John Clayton would be on the bus. Maybe. And it'd be like, what the fuck? It's like, you know, yeah. you're in the same same place. So, yeah, you had a bit of a regional pride of that as well. Yeah. Um, and it made things yeah. more relatable. What they were singing about yeah. was often their environment. And it was the same environment as you, you know. Yeah. So, where, yeah. where, you know, Clayton singing, singing about, like, you know, uh, you, the governments and singing about politics, it was very real and it was a very easy thing to kind of get into. Ladies and gentlemen, Donnie's a, a guitar player as well. Um, did that kind of position what you listened to as well? You know, did you go to like bands that had like named guitar players and stuff like Megadeth and that? Yeah, but for me, starting off, it was, I say, extreme. I was mm. just completely in love with Nuno Betancourt. Was like trying to play all that sort of stuff, which is completely <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. So I, I used to love all that. I love all like the classic rock and the glam stuff as well. Again, mm. Rock City. 
I, yes. I was sneaking in, sneaking in there just before like grunge broke as well. So I, I went through the whole sort of curve of it. Yeah. But then, but I think what happened for me was then Iron Monkey, like hearing oh, Iron okay. Monkey. Yeah. Yeah. And then just realizing, ah, oh, I don't have to do all this shit. Yeah. It's like almost like that punk thing of going, yes. oh, yeah, I can yeah. just play like these like these notes basic just like, chords and simple riffs. yeah basic yeah. chords just everything literally turned up to 10 and then yeah. just like just flat and everything just like and then everything else just went out the window and it just <laughs> and it, it just went doom sludge was it all, was all it a case through. of like when i when i started listening to i kind of veered very much into two camps i very uh, veered into the technical stuff of like steve Vai and that type of thing yeah. but also then i went to the the, the heavier stuff so you know, uh, you know, Fear Factory and things like that. I I, I kind of leaned yeah. to like whatever God Flesh and and things like that to go even further back. I leaned into them. I was kind of almost on a mission to find the heaviest things, things like sleep and stuff. And I was just kind of yeah. I was laser focused to try and find these <laughs> these bands. Did, is that what you were doing? You were kind of just looking for whatever you could find it to the extremes of those particular genres. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, People like it, listening to bands like Today's the Day. Oh, yeah. And uh, just that lo-fi, like, production yeah. and just quite basic sort of structures and stuff like that, but just genius levels of putting it all together and just making it completely horrific, like, <laughs> really disturbing. And then, and then yeah, loving, like, prog stuff as well at the other end of that. Yeah. And just everything just ridiculously technical. Yeah. But finding that sort of middle ground in between that, I absolutely fell in love with Doom and Sludge of just being like the main, like I could play it, I could write it well. I felt hap like happy and welcoming in the community mm. and stuff like that as well. And hardcore stuff as well, sort of the punk hardcore yeah. sort of side of stuff yeah. where you didn't have to be like a virtuoso player, mm. but you could sort of muddle through, but still, still enjoy yeah. it and still be good enough and, there's a wonderful thing that happened sort of late 80s early 90s where there was an explosion of bands kind of new bands like you say a band like extreme uh, who, were, who were offering different shades and different colors to to exist in metal that would have existed yeah. there and what uh, the exciting thing that happened then was that there was an awesome explosion of all these kind of uh, groups of people as well you know all the doom guys would would, would kind of come together all the black metal guys would come and it was this wonderful explosion of of new music and what directly followed that was um people uh, and their cultures and how they dressed and how they acted and stuff and and that whole thing and it was yeah. there was a massive explosion of that certainly to, to, to the uh, early 90s and it was fabulous it was a fabulous time <laughs> where there was some beautiful crossover stuff you know uh, everyone was oh, kind yeah. of realizing that you could mix things together and you could kind of find it and make it work, because, like you said, as long as it was good, it kind of it, it kind of it kind of rolled up. So you yeah. you were going to Nottingham Rod City and then doing the whole kind of you know hearing a DJ play stuff and what have you. When did yeah. it switch to going and seeing the bands live? Um, I'd go to City and like I, I think the first band I saw there was Paradise Lost with D Krups supporting. Oh, yeah. So that was that was a while while back, but yeah. So I'd, I'd go and see a, a few bands there, but they're usually sort of bigger things. And like I said, until bands like Iron Monkey and stuff like that playing in like Disco Two and The Angel, um, places like that. But mostly, I think I left Nottingham to go to university in Wickham, and we had the White Horse yeah. there, 
and you'd end up with bands like Raging Speed on uh, Napalm Death played in there as well. Tiny, tiny little place. And you'd get like Pulkas and uh, loads of the hardcore bands as well would all go through there. And that would be our local little rock place. And that really opened everything everything up. Being ne- that close to London as well, being able to nip out, go and yeah, go to the underworld. Yeah, do that second show before they played a big London show, for example, if they were passing through. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, like seeing Mastodon at oh, the yeah. underworld, like really early on. Yeah. And uh, I remember my, my mate, there wasn't that many people there. My mate lost his shoe. I managed to get a toenail in my beer and it's like... <laughs> Just like horrible, these are horrible. great shows. This is what you want. Like, you know, metal shows are like wars. You know, the best metal yeah. shows, you should come away with some scars and you probably should have lost something. You know, yeah. someone should have got, you know, not seriously hurt, God forbid, but you know, <laughs> someone should have probably got a got a got a hit, you know what I mean? And it should be oh, some yeah. war stories that you yeah. tell around the campfire that is the pub <laughs> afterwards or before. You know, that's how it yeah. how it should be. The, People talk about going to shows like it, like being involved in a war. I was in a Slayer pit in '86. Oh, I was in I, a whatever pit. You know, people say, you know, I, I watched Raiden Speedhorn in, in Cardiff. You know, and, and destroy the place. That this is these yeah. are kind of badges of honour that, that they wear. That when we tell war stories, you know, with other bands. And that's it. I, I remember going to like first not not festival I went to, but I went to Donington. I think it was '90 '95. <laughs> Right. I think when it was like Metallica did it, so it wasn't Monsters of Rock. It was is that Escape from the, the Studio? studio or, yeah, yeah. So and they were in the middle of recording Load, weren't they? This, is, this show comes up quite a lot for us UK yeah. people. They were in the middle of recording Load, and obviously they got burnt out yeah. because of, as we now know, there was a ton of shit going on. And they yeah. came over to uh, to do uh, this this kind of what would have been Monsters of Rock, and they brought like a whole load of friends. There was like Skid Row and Therapy. Uh, yeah, corrosion like conformity. Corrosion, corrosion conformity yeah. would just pour it off the back of Wise Blood, um, and and it was a really great lineup. I remember like yeah. therapy getting bumped up quite high up, and and and, yeah. and being one of the best shows I've ever seen them play. Um, yeah, that, that comes up a lot. That show comes up. A I lot. remember being in the crowd for I think it was Machine Head because I was a yes. massive Machine Head fan at the time. Yeah, yeah, and it just being mad. But then Slayer came on afterwards, <laughs> and I got hit on the head by the biggest like container of wet of like red wine that you've ever seen it just like absolutely yeah. crushed me was it one of those ba- to... it was one of those bags that they have yeah one, one yeah. Like a massive gallon I, I, I feel the need to explain i don't think this is something that happens in any other country i'm please, if, if i'm wrong please correct me but i've not seen it when i've been a hellfest or, or back and i've not seen this so you know, people don't bring in glass bottles and, and big containers which you could obviously throw at the, the, yeah. the performing artists they give you bags, which imagine a pillow, a clear pillow with yeah. a, with a, a tap on one end, and you you would drink from that. That's how you that's how you would do it. It seems ridiculous now. I'm talking about it, but yeah. it's, it is what happened. But what people would do naturally is that's fine. You can't throw it off very far. But what you can do is you can piss in it, and you can yeah. fill it up so it's like a, a, a piss cushion, if you will. Yeah. And it gets fucking launched. And if that hits you, that's gonna fucking hit. Oh yeah, I, I must have been like 15 and just got absolutely <laughs> leathered by this. <laughs> by this massive thing got dragged out of the pit for slayer and then i was just like yeah it's fine it's just absolute chaos yeah absolute chaos but i love that i absolutely love it i love it (laughs) i've I've been privileged enough to be side of stage from for for people like slaying you get to see there's a there's a noticeable frisson that moves through security 
before they come on. <laughs> it's beautiful to kind of watch them kind of okay, oh, oh all right, now, now we've had all our practice, now put our aprons on, it's time to it's time to deal with Slayer. Yeah. You can see yeah. it, it kind of happen, and it's a wonderful <laughs> swell that happens, it's brilliant. And then you see people just yeah. flying over fucking over the space. Yeah. But so you you obviously then made the connection between um you know playing and listening and and, and buying yeah. and consuming these, these these sort of records, but then you make that beautiful connection where you connect it and see it live and see a song that you've listened to and enjoyed, then played in a live context and just kind of just exploding the whole yeah. thing. That must have been pretty pretty powerful. Do you remember the first gig that you went to? Remember the first one? Um. Uh... No, I, I think it probably was that that Paradise Lost gig. It was like yeah. the first proper thing I hey, was that actually Kikoni went out times. To. Then was it around? It it would have before. I, I think it was Draconian times. Yeah. yeah, I think I'd got into him just before that on um oh whatever it was before. I I, I can't remember now. <laughs> can't remember what <laughs> album that was. Before. So you, it, you, it, you, as I die on there and yeah and, yeah which yeah, was Shades of God. Like, that's it. Shades yeah of God. yeah yeah. And so yeah. when you watched that, did you come away thinking I what not only obviously you would have said you would have gone, I want to see more of that and and you would have gone to everything that, that came up. Yeah. But did you also yeah. think I'd like to do that? Yeah. But pretty much me and my best mate at the time just like both we could both play a little bit. Um, but we both literally turned around and went, right, yeah, let's do it. Mm. Let's do it. So we formed like a little like school. Not not even a school band. It's just me and him in our bedrooms, and then by the time we got to college, we found some other people and then put a little band together. We were terrible, but <laughs> what was the what was the band called? I have a I have a a, a weird thing for asking for the first bands. What was the first? It was band called, called Scarred. Scarred. That's like, all right. That that's okay. It, that I think I think it came from yeah Machine Head from oh yeah going Scarred. It's the breakdown of old, isn't it? Yeah yeah yeah. I mean we. We weren't terrible, terrible, but we weren't we weren't great. But did we you did play get, live. We, yeah, yeah, we yeah. played played a few gigs. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, but we we got in Kerrang. We sent like the demos in, like, yeah. and Ray Zell did, was doing the Pandora comic strip. Right, right. And every now and again, he'd review bands in there. So okay. I literally, like, went down to the paper, like corner shop, opened up Kerrang, Pandora's there, and our four faces are there. Exactly yeah. <laughs> our faces from the photo that we sent with a bio. And we're in there. It's like, wow. So we were, like, little rock stars for, like, yes. a week. At, like, you know, like, sixth form or whatever. It was amazing. Do you remember but, uh, making the, the, the next step then? So you go from listening to watching yeah. to going on stage yourself. Do you remember that? I always talk about that first sort of round of applause or that first sort of time you see a pit to maybe something you've played do you remember that um no what i often try and find is was there a light bulb moment where you think i actually not only should do this i can do this i can't it was there was a moment where you was like a tick where you do you know what i can't actually do this I can actually play in a band play the music i like and and, and entertain other people it, it was more, I, I think it's like, it's a crude thing to say, kind of, but it's like, I think it was the attention that we got from mm. girls. Yeah. Like, it was just, it was like, wow, okay. Like, we'd gone from being like the, the grebs, like yeah. the, the long-haired. Like... I, um, I, don't, I don't often break big news stories on this podcast, but I'm going to break one now. Um, yeah. 
being in, uh, on, in a band um, improves your chances with the fairer sex. <laughs> Just so you know, ladies and gentlemen, I know that some people may, may find this quite amazing, but people in bands... I mean, it, it yeah, never I, has since. Yeah. <laughs> it never has since in any band. <laughs> it gives you extra points, you know. It, all it yeah. does, it, effectively, all it does is give you a, a, some way of introducing yourself to someone or vice versa. That's all it ever gives yeah. you. Um, but but yeah. that, that that first like six form school band was just like ridiculous. It, it was so much fun in so many different ways. It was just like wow, this you know. But then that, that's not something that's ever been repeated in any way, <laughs> <laughs> sort of in any band since. So, like, we, which is just as well because I've been with my missus like what 20, 21, 22 years or whatever. But <laughs> so it's probably then, for the best. One, one of the things you realise certainly when you go uh, you tour a lot and uh, is the is that there's not this like like Lemmy says on on on, on the documentary? Uh, he's the like oh you must be drowning in groupies and stuff like that. And he looks around, there's no one there. And he's like, do you see yeah. any? He's like, no, yeah. no, no. Everybody's on their laptop looking up vegan rep- recipes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So when you were kind of in that band, did you think okay? Did you feel like okay? There's maybe a next level now. I need to take this into and go into the next band that you were in. No, I, to be to be honest, I I definitely thought i'm going to be doing this forever it's like it's, i love doing this but then i said college came up university came up and they all kind of all that side of it kind of stopped it's like i didn't play in any bands after i was like 18 through till what maybe 22 23 and uh but again that was that whole it all kind of linked to like iron monkey and the sludge scene it was like being at uni, making a few friends uh, in like the the last year or so, um, who realised that we were all, all enjoyed the same sort of thing, all the the weird bits like mm. Electric Wizard, like Orange Goblin, all that sort of stuff, and then finding a little bit of you know kindred spirits. And then once university finished, I moved in with uh, one of those guys, Craig, who's like my closest friend now, and we started another band. Um, with a few friends when we when I moved to London and that's when it started to get like right okay that now I'm doing it now like this is what I do <laughs> yeah I mean did you was it was it a, a mental shift where you were like I'm now I've been in one band but now we've had, I know what I'm doing now a little bit and I'm going to approach this with a, almost a mission statement was it was it one of them or was it still not, just for the purely fun of it not at all yeah it's just for the fun mm. it, it's just like you know I'm I'm young. I could play guitar. I want to go and have some fun. I yeah. drink beer, play yeah, play, play music with yeah. friends, and just have a great time. Yeah, and yeah, th- yeah. that's pretty much why I moved to London in the first place. Yeah, um, was just just to have. You must have, have been fun. then. You yeah. know, moving to London must have put you in some. You, you know, you got so many really great venues there as well. You must have kind of yeah. the gig going must have just gone through the roof. Then you know, to some, you oh, yeah. some of the great shows. Then this must have been what. Is this early nineties? Are we looking at here, the mid nineties? No, this this is early two thousands. Okay, so okay, yeah. So still yeah, some, so, some superb bands coming through there. Then yeah. oh yeah, like you mentioned Fear Factory earlier on, and mm-hmm. yeah, I was a massive Fear Factory fan at the time. Yeah. Like going to see them at the Astoria and and places like that was was wicked. But yeah, we we saw a yeah a lot of gigs, a lot of gigs. <laughs> So how far are we away from um, Anter at this point? How far are we away then? Well, it, the first band I started when I was in 
London was among the missing. Mm. And we uh, used, we played loads. Like we did like about 99, 100 shows or whatever over the course of, what, maybe two years, something like that, which was a lot at the time for us, considering we're all working as well. But we went on tour with a band called Bumsnogger from Nottingham, <laughs> <laughs> who... Um, who basically it had Mars, Chris Marsland, who's in Anta. So that was about 15 years ago I met Mars and we kept in touch, obviously, because they were from Nottingham as well. And uh, it's sort of, so that's the link sort sure. of going back yeah. is, uh, is Chris. And then one of Chris's bands uh, had Barry, who's the drummer in Anta. I think they were in Jesus of Spazareth and then Year of the Flood. Like all hardcore Wait a second. bands. <laughs> you can't just throw out Jesus Spazareth like that and expect no one to notice. <laughs> and expect no one to pull you on it. I love these. I love when bands don't give a fuck what they and they call yeah. themselves accordingly. I, I I think it's fabulous. It was it was all that um, sort of hardcore punk mm. uh, stroke like dooms that yeah that sort of uh, little scene that we had mm. uh, all sort of joined together by the nine hertz podcast not podcast back then it was a, a website forum that sort of brought together a lot of the punk guys a lot of the doom guys the stoner guys and we all made lo- like some really lifelong friends through through that mm. there's a, a, a lot of links through a lot of the bands all come from sort of a few gigs that we did at this point it was still kind of pre the explosion of social media so a lot of things oh, were absolutely. done on on forums, and, forums and, yeah. and and that type of thing you know imagine if you were ladies and gentlemen reddit or something like that but on a maybe a micro level where people would yeah. would find these groups and would find these people and it was hard work you know you you, you really had to yeah. kind of dig deep to find on on these forums yeah. and, and and interact with people and even how people interacted then was different something like a meme didn't exist back then and and, and it wasn't as kind of as tactile. It was actually quite difficult. At which stage does you were t- we were talking before we came on, on the show about um, uh, yeah. the the label that you kind of you, you you kind of formed and stuff. When did that kind of come into the picture? Yeah. So when we were doing Among the Missing, we had um, a a fellow sort of doom doom band called Blood Island Raiders mm. that we were uh, that we doing the rounds, and we did a split. Decided we were going to do a split twelve inch. And we thought, well, who's going to put it out? So I had the idea to put a label together. And those guys knew, actually knew Dean, again, from iMonkey and Capricorns. And he was working for Shellshock, a distribution company at the time. Mm. And he said, yeah, yeah, we'll we'll help you. We'll put it out for you. And it's like, you know, we'll distribute it. So, oh, okay. So I just kind of put it together, pressed, got the record pressed, put a barcode on it, gave it to him, and then that was it. It was and such before a, I knew it, it was like it, it was such a big deal to 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 get like for me as a musician and uh, was I yeah. was always obsessed to try and get my work on vinyl because yeah. in some ways it it legitimized what you were doing it made it real it, it, you know having a vinyl that, that had your music on yeah it was it was like yeah. a test it was like a certificate a rock and roll certificate if you will it was like a, a, a yeah. test passed now in the in the time it took this podcast to, to happen i could have ordered <laughs> one of them online and i had both yeah. of our pictures on, on one side and the other and it probably would have come in about 10 minutes you know so but back then it was a real 
like you say, it was a real, you had some gates to go through to get that. Like you yeah, to get something as simple as a barcode wasn't the, a, a, an easy prospect. Everything required a bit of work to do. Um, and because you had those many gatekeepers and things to get to, um, not a lot of people did it. You know, that's why splits existed, you know. So for those that don't aren't, aren't aware, as as Don quite rightly says, the splits is a 12-inch, so sometimes a single, and one side is one band and one side is the other. And what can sometimes happen is you can get these wonderful clashes in, in a good way of one side, say, like, say, a hardcore band, and one side's a doom band, or one side's a punk band, and one side's a, 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 a metal band, or whatever it may be. And I heard about these back when um, listening to like Fugazi and, and the stuff Ian McKay was doing uh, and, and that type of thing yeah. and, and Discord, the, the record label, about mixing these things up. And it was a real, I, th- I don't think people do it as much as they should do now, but I think certainly metal, punk and the underground, they do it a lot now. But was that kind of the first, that's your first run into being a label then, isn't it? You know, the production yeah. side of it. Yeah, it, it was literally, it just came from necessity really it's like well who's gonna do this it's like well you know well let's we'll do it we'll do it we'll we'll pull the money together we'll get it sorted but uh they yeah prohibitively like expensive to uh, to put out a talk yeah, yeah, yeah. and and at the time like i said there's was, there's was only really one place that was pressing vinyl at that time as well mm. it, it was the start of the kind of vinyl you know revolution or whatever people want to call it it even back then and it was i think they were in poland and it was a, a real pain in the ass to try and get it all sorted <laughs> but uh, so after that i was just like no i'm only doing cds now <laughs> <laughs> after doing that one final. <laughs> and we plus talking, living uh, we were talking kind of over over messages and stuff about how you know you're in in a unique position where you have the knowledge of what happened in like the 2000s pre yeah. to a certain degree internet and pre the availability of, of resources to, to put a record out to now where there is, you know, some would say almost an abundance of that. It's almost, if it can be too easy to do that now, it's like I could record something on my phone now. And like I say, have it on vinyl probably delivered to me tomorrow. Oh yeah. And it kind of, I always think that I, I want to believe that's a good thing. I want to believe that someone in a bedroom can produce something and it get released. And I want to believe that's a good thing, but I do wonder if that little sort of gap and that little fence in between the, what you have in your bedroom to, to the outside world shouldn't have some barriers to it, not big barriers, but certainly some to get through because then it, it acted as almost like a quality control in of itself. If you wanted yeah. to release something, you yeah. have to put a bit of work into it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I think it certainly makes things harder now mm. to get. I mean, it's always been hard, I think, for bands to get recognised in like a digital age because mm. there's so much stuff. There's so much content out there. There's so much music out there. I think people have got shorter attention spans. All that, all that side of it, I think, is really hard now, and that's definitely something that Anta have been sort of dealing with and trying to get to grips with mm. as well. Is is getting ourselves noticed getting the music heard by people yeah um i think it was easier back then because there there wasn't the sheer amount of people doing it or Mm. perhaps there were but it was harder to to get that heard unless you were going to do it the diy route and go and do it yourself as you know a few of us were doing back then Mm. it's it's always like uh, 
I think it's probably ultimately it'll be a good thing. But like you say, there just becomes like waves crashing on a beach after a while. There's so yeah. much. It's it's difficult to kind of, uh, especially with like, you know, we'll talk about Answer then. You know, it's like one of the singles, like the lead single is like six minutes long, um, yeah. you know, and, and you think to yourself, you know, in this day and age, that should be should be or you know seen as a, a barrier because people will give it the time because there's several yeah. movements to that song you know there's several sections to that song that you you can't get within listening to 30 seconds you can't do that yeah. but i think what's yeah. interesting now is we we if you can get someone to listen to the music i think they will listen all the way and i think yeah. there's a lot of parallels between tv and music i think now i think if there's a 10 episode documentary on if you can get someone to listen to that first document episode, they're going to yeah. go fucking out. I'll just, I'll watch the whole thing. And I think yeah. it's not so much the, the attention span is going, the, the, um, what's the best way to it? The, the kind of, uh, wanting the choice, the commitment, the choices. Yeah, the commitment to, yeah. yes, exactly. The, the choice and the commitment to go, I'm going yeah. to invest myself in this. Um, you know, so, like listening to the, um, the, you, you, the first album and, it takes a few listens to kind of properly engage with it, or to, yeah. to kind of, as I, as I often say, kind of wear it for a bit and kind of listen to it and listen to where things are going from it. Like, you know, you think of something like, you know, um, some of the earlier sort of progressive metal things, you know, which are, which are noticeably difficult to get into, but then open up beautifully like Alters of Madness uh, you know, oh, yeah. like, like it, we talk about, we often comes up Cannibal Corpse and all these things that were deemed like quite aggressive and difficult to crack. Once you do, they become these amazing things. And so when you started Answer, was the, was the thought process that we were just going to write something that sounded great, I I irrespective of these type of things? We just wanted to record something interesting to ourselves? I think so. I mean, the with Answer starting... It was uh, Chris Mars uh, and Barry's sort of baby uh, originally. So they they had their first few tracks done. I think they had the oh, it's the first track off the album, "Stuff of the Light," uh, done and and written. And then I I joined a little bit after that on bass at first, and then moved on to guitar. But uh, I think they again, yeah, just wanted to do something that was just true for them. And they just wanted to get what whatever was in them out. Yeah, it, it wasn't. There's not like a a real thought process behind. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Yeah. You know. But um, so it, it's kind of difficult to say on that first album because it was partly a few things that I brought in that I was working on separately with Barry before I joined, mm. and what they'd been working on together as well, and just bringing it all together. I think the EP that's that's coming out is more of a of a band work we all wrote one song each okay. um apart from pat we obviously did all the vocals and and all the lyrics for it i think that's more of a cohesive package right of what we're aiming at but again it, there's no real thought of we're gonna do this it's got to sound like that i think the guys originally wanted to be like an atmospheric uh, yeah. black metal band that that's what they were listening to that's what they really wanted to do and I think as we progressed and sort of started writing stuff, everything was just brutal. <laughs> it's yeah, because it's there's obviously uh, there's blackened metal, if you will, within that. Yeah. 
but it's really strong from the opening. You know, I mean, it's refreshing. Do you say the the you know there the wasn't a plan in so much, but I, in so much as there wasn't like we are going to be like this person's third album, or we're going to be like this yeah. track from this album. That's refreshing. I, I like to hear that from an, an artist and a musician to to, to to talk more in broader terms, a truer thing. Like you say, you know, these are the colours we're going to paint with, and we'll see yeah. where that goes. Because quite often, a, a lot of bands, because they start with confining. Um, versions of what they want to do, they never yeah. break out from that, and it almost becomes like a, a stranglehold on them because they're like, "Well, we want it to be exactly this, and it's not now." And anything that gets even comes up that even deviates slightly is immediately yeah. cut off and not used. And you think that's that seems like a a, a very poor way to approach the creative process. Yeah. I, to, I think to, to approach it from from your point of view as true and that thing, I think that's very refreshing. Yeah, I, I think if anything, that was the only. Uh, sort of advanced thing that they they had in yeah. their minds was the fact of we're not going to be tied down into just this one thing yeah. and I think that's that's why with like the the anti logo and the symbol and everything they we try not to get too far into that black metal you know yeah. uh, unreadable well, you've left it, anybody that will see the artwork for example is you've left it quite nicely open it's not okay well this album's obviously this or it's obviously that you've left yourself quite a few ways to work there and it's interesting yeah. the the the, the ep is called dark spectrum because it obviously then is clearly several elements if you will that have gone into it, it makes sense that makes yeah. complete sense and um, yeah you know so why why an ep then why was that was that kind of like the this makes sense for the amount of people in the band each person effectively gets a track or was it was wasn't the, the plan it wasn't the plan originally. I mean, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I mean, what what we did was we actually went away. Um, sort of last year, we went away and we rented out a, a cottage for for a weekend, and we wrote almost an album's worth of of material, and just just had a really good time. Lots of drinks and just yeah, just bashed out some uh, like some tracks and stuff, with the idea that we were gonna get these all sorted out, work on them, get an album out, great. And then COVID happened and, you know, I've, I've got a little, uh, I've got a one-year-old now and, you know, life in general sort of got in the way and slowed it down a little bit. Yeah, and then we got to a point where obviously the, something came up for us, an opportunity came up for us and we were just sort of like, we, we need to do it fucking recording we need to get something <laughs> down what we're gonna do it's like okay so let's let's do an ep let's do one song each yeah like let's let's do four songs like one song each like as as the musician side of the, the, the band and let's just bang it out work on it let's get it done and, and just see see how it sounds see what happens there's and a few things how... there's a few things to unpack there that the biggest thing yeah. or the thing i enjoy the most is when a band goes to somewhere else a remote location, whatever it may be, and hunkers down and creates something. I've always enjoyed yeah. that. I've always enjoyed hearing that, like, you know, Led Zeppelin went to a haunted mansion in the middle of nowhere or, you know, <laughs> uh, Machine Head locked themselves in, in a garage, to, you know, in, in L.A. somewhere. I love hearing about bands forced to kind of, like, purely just <laughs> live together as a unit and then produce yeah. music. I always find that they're the albums that of their particular time and of their, that particular moment are always very, very interesting to me. I, I love that mentality of, of, of all the members of the band coming together, 
doing this thing and then scattering again. I love that. And then that, that thing is a time capsule of what happened then. Well, um, to, to paint the picture of where we were doing that, we, uh, <laughs> we, had, we had Pat, the, the vocalist, sat in the corner playing Dark Souls <laughs> <laughs> on a massive TV. And then the rest of us all just sort of cramped into this tiny room, just mostly pissed. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah. just sort of playing along See, like, what, to each what, other. What, and what Donnie's talking about there is when all great metal is created, and all great metal is created when the artists are uncomfortable, drunk, yeah. and stoned. But it's, <laughs> yeah. that's normally the trifecta of, of beautiful yeah. music you'll find. <laughs> Going all the way back to Sabbath, you could... Coming yeah. through Maiden and Metallica, coming through all of them, you'll find that, that they're, the, they're the secret ingredients to um, to, to kind of great metal. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we, 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 we kind of looked in on video games there, and we will do it in, in a sec. But what I wanted to did want to talk about is the, the other project you've got going on. Um, yeah. This is Crumbling Ghost. Yeah. And I hadn't heard anything by them, uh, to, to be honest. And, and uh, you sent me a couple of links. So I stopped, and I went down the rabbit hole a little bit with them. I saw <laughs> some stuff from Roadburn and what have you. And it's um, it's fabulous. And it's a, it's 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 a genre that I haven't maybe give as much sort of time with that, that, that I did. It's kind of, is is it almost folk metal? Is it? Or what, where yeah. are we with that? What would you class as? We, we joke that it's folk doom. Um, <laughs> sure. And... Uh, we even our, our old practice space. He never he never wrote Crumbling Ghost down once. Yeah. He got out the book to book us in for a week. It'd be like folk doom. <laughs> be like great, okay, that, <laughs> that's that then. That's that. But yeah, Crumbling Ghost, uh, yeah, a, a big fun fun part. Of, yeah, uh, it's 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 wonderful. It's kind of like sea shanty almost it's not though yeah. It's, yeah it's wonderful yeah. so you know is it a very different is it a whole different writing process writing for them than it is for it, answer? it is, is it, yeah. it seems like it's another world it is and, and it was a complete accident as well it was um it, it was a couple of friends again when i was in london um those those guys were in sort of lighter sort of indie kind of bands I was playing in Pombagira at the time which is like a real sort of like sleep-esque like mm. doom band like 20 minutes with the same riff that sort of thing <laughs> and, uh, so I was like I want to do <laughs> yeah so I, I wanted to do something a little bit lighter a little bit different so we got together to basically kind of play Melvin's songs we wanted to be the Melvins yeah and what happened was John like the main guy brought in this uh, folk song and just said should we just have a little mess about with this yeah. like, as a cover yeah. and then it yeah it, it kind of just went from there it was like oh that that really works that's yeah it's interesting it's like a bit proggy a bit weird put some yeah. heavy guitars behind it yeah it's great and I, then I love, uh, I love what what folk kind of brought to the metal thing and it's like when um you know punk kind of came into the metal thing and you know uh or, or rap kind of did to a certain degree and all, all these different sorts of genres kind of come in and, and they lend some beautiful things to it, like, you know, Scar did and stuff. But folk yeah. brings this in as well. And it's this slight difference in time signatures yeah. and execution. Yeah. And it brings well, in what, what metal tends to do is it tends to go, okay, I like your strange time signatures. How can we take yeah. that and make that really heavy? Well, well, that was the thing. Like you were saying about um, guitar playing earlier on, uh, Crumbling Ghost was the band that 
could have like almost killed me guitar playing wise because I'd gone from playing sludge and hardcore yeah and then suddenly John's going right well I've got these chords right and yeah. it, it's open tuning and it's I'm like what oh and there's a capo as well and I'm like what <laughs> I completely retrained myself to play guitar with like the all these open tunings and chords and stuff and it was amazing and I loved it but it was it was hard work. <laughs> yeah, it's it's more involved. Like uh, from what my, my very limited understanding of folk, but it's definitely more involved. Is the only way I can the word I can say is that like it becomes yeah. it, there's a, there's an element of complication to it, um, yeah. and it's very um, you know it's very technical in places like you know yeah. um, and and, I, and it, it lends it's the very interesting uh, bedfellows with progressive metal and folk metal. They they share some lovely interlocking parts um, and yeah. i just always find i love that the metal people just come along to something as lovely as folk and and go right that's great but we're going to make it as heavy as we can we're going to make it all <laughs> yeah. black and we're going to talk about demons and stuff i love but, that kind of this is this is a thing though the, the weird thing about folk was it's like well it's oh it's all twee and it's all nice and yeah. everything it's like well this song is about uh, somebody who has an affair with someone gets her pregnant and then drowns her in a river and then they find him and then they hang him. I'm like, what? Oh, no. <laughs> so, okay. oh, and this one's this one's about a fox that abducts women and takes them into a castle and they're never seen of again. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> it's perfect metal, brother. It's perfect. Dio would have sung about yeah. that. Dio would have sung about that happily, you know? Yeah, it's like <laughs> it, it's absolutely made for it. Yeah. But, um, the thing is, we, we ended up playing a few folk festivals and that sort of folk doesn't seem, e even though it's the traditional folk stuff, mm. doesn't seem to have filtered down into that. And everyone's the still folk, being the really folk nice. The guys don't, don't see the crossover too well, no. Not the modern sort of folk. Oh, is, and is folk like, I'm sure the listeners out there will, will help us out on this one. Is folk as kind of like fragmented as, as metal is? Is there many oh, different, yeah. is there an old folk yeah. and a new folk? Yeah, yeah, oh, right. and we and we are nowhere in any of that, <laughs> which we found out. <laughs> Were they not accepted at all? Is it like when Dylan went electric and you guys come on and and have distortion and they're like, "You fucking it, Judas!" <laughs> it was so weird. We we could, we played a lot of Doom gigs because because mm. I was from the the Doom scene and and we all loved the Doom bands and stuff. We got accepted by the by the doom scene apart yeah. from a couple of people that took us to one side and just went what the fuck are you doing what is this <laughs> <laughs> which was great yeah. but um but yeah we we were part of the doom scene but then we thought you know we're playing folk why don't we try and get some folk gigs mm. so we managed to get on the great british folk festival okay which is uh, a butlins okay. uh, somewhere and and we turned up and literally the average age of the people in the crowd was 70 maybe okay and they were there was literally knitting and wow. people reading the papers and drinking tea <laughs> and you were there with a stack <laughs> yeah yeah and that's it and we we plugged in and it was you could just sense it and it was like oh shit we've made a terrible mistake shit. quite a lot of people enjoyed it luckily yeah. but then we did then we did another one and it was almost just a, a walkout <laughs> Wow. It's like and, and people are on Twitter and things afterwards just go, oh, these are far too loud. Was it was it just a bot? Left it was a just note. A, oh, okay. 
they even left a note for um, our singer Katie as well. Left a note on the stage. Someone came up and and just left it in front of her, and it basically just said, "It's like you have a beautiful voice. Why are you? Why are you with these noisy people?" <laughs> like, stuff like that. like, That's so amazing. We, so we just like you, you know what? No, we we we're probably just going to go back to the doom. It, it, yeah. The doom guys. The world of fair. folk isn't ready for the crossover yet. You'll you'll be seen as fucking. You'll be seen as visionaries. You'll be seen as like the. As 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 anthrax were when they moved into rap, like you you're so far ahead. There'll, there'll be a podcast in ten years time or whatever they, they, they do with it, a holographic podcast in ten years time, where you'll be seen as the pioneers. And there'll be that one woman was like, I fucking saw them ten years ago breaking all the rules of folk. I was on board, and I love the I love the someone walking up and putting a note. I love yeah. that. Did, 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 did someone didn't shout at the back? Your shit. Oh, okay. so I, I love okay. that. I love it's so polite. <laughs> you have like quality hecklers in folk. That's that's wild. Oh. So because I think but, I mean the back door for folk into metal was kind of Viking metal. That yeah. was kind of how most people kind of moved from from there, like Ailstorm and and that whole thing kind of pulled like Norse mythology and 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 to a certain extent sent that kind of mythology into it and that's kind of how we we backdoored I think we're probably as a metal community a couple of steps away from the knitting crowd you know we're, yeah. we're not there like yeah. it, it's just I just think the whole world is fa- I'd love to go to a, a folk show just to see like that I think it's fantastic and I'd love to see you play at another festival that is a folk one you should be on yeah. there it, it was quite nice at points because we we did have that, that festival where we had sort of quite a lot of people walk out we did have like two two old ladies come up to us and just sort of saying we, we really really enjoyed that it's like oh really so oh yeah we're massive deep purple and motorhead fans yeah because like, oh, right, yeah, <laughs> we're saying we're like we're, you know the, the listener will be listening to this now and going okay well they're talking about people in the 60s and the 70s that was the height of kind of deep purple and motorhead and, yeah. and and, and yeah. that type of thing and the sex pistols and all that anarchic stuff as well yeah. like that was nice it's, a, it's not like you know oh there there's there's an age limit on on being rebellious it doesn't work like that so yeah they're probably yeah. like fuck i remember i remember distorted guitar remember you know remember richard blackmore, <laughs> <laughs> richard yeah. blackmore did the whole kind of disappearing almost down the folk thing didn't he with blackmore's oh, yeah. night it's- and all of a sudden the, the he pops and up with a dodgy moustache and an acoustic and he's giving it the yeah. beat. And you're yeah. like, wow. <laughs> I suppose if Batmore could do it, we, we could all do it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, it's fair game. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, that's the, 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 the EP's due out. When When is the release date for the, the, the EP? The EP is January the 15th. 50, yes, the 15th. Um, yeah. And, yeah. And hopefully, well, we're recording <laughs> this now. Yeah. And I said to Don before we started that this will be essentially a time capsule until we can put this out there because one of the things that probably some listeners will be certainly very interested in is uh, what we're going to get into now. Now, me and me and Don are both play video games. You know, no secrets yeah. there. I've talked about it on podcasts before. And um, Don, obviously a huge fan of video games as well. You yeah. must have been you know, properly into video games when they started to bring metal into video games. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, so Doom yeah. would, was my first sort of introduction to, hold on, is that a distorted guitar playing on my video <laughs> game? You know, um, and there was a wonderful moment in like in the early to late 2000s when, when metal started to appear in video games. Yeah. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater had, 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 had punk on it and it was a lot of people's yeah. introductions to music. It, hearing metal. the Dead Kennedys on Tony yeah. Hawk's was like, yes. yeah. 
and, and, you know, and he had like crew pinball on the on on the yeah. Mega Drive and stuff, yeah. and and it was this 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 wonderful sort of now a, a video game. It almost has its own soundtrack, and it's and, and if it's anything that's semi-violent or even kind of an adult in tone, it has a lot of metal on there. Has a lot of kind of um, you know heavier sort of things. Like you made very quickly a connection was made in, between first-person shooters and the aggressiveness of that and yeah. metal. That the two yeah. go together beautifully. Yeah. <laughs> I think for me, my favourite was uh, was it GTA? I think it might have been Vice City. Oh, and yeah. uh, and uh, Bark at the Moon. Yeah, was, Aussie, yeah. was on there. <laughs> and just driving around in the car listening I to remember, Aussie. I remember like, one of the missions, and I was <laughs> and you had to run through a roadblock in one of the missions. And yeah. I remember coming up to this roadblock with one song on there from one of the there's various radio stations on it. And I put on the rock one. And it was the first beats of rain and blood. Oh, and I remember yeah. fucking, yeah. I was like, this is fucking blood where I ran <laughs> up. I was like, this is fucking amazing. Because they have like, for those that don't know, uh, GTA is a very popular video game franchise. And they, made, <laughs> yeah, they made Vice City. And Vice City was kind of a, a hark back to the 80s, Miami Vice, Miami Beach, that type of whole thing, the whole ethos. But also it had all the best stuff from the 80s, like Ozzy um, and, and, and Slayer. And Judas Priest, and yeah. um, one of the um, was it was it? I can't remember what the name of the the DJ. One of the DJs was Axel Rose, wasn't it? Um, I don't oh, know if it was yeah. Vice City. I don't know if his name yeah. was his Laszlo. I think it was. And um, one be, of the yeah. DJs was 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 a metal guy, and they had like these metal channels, and there was a whole slew of really great metal on there. And now, whenever they release a GTA and they have music on the radio, there's always a metal or at least alternative music channel. And I remember just like bands blowing up left, right, and center because the, these were featured on video games that were played yeah. by millions of impressionable youths, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. That really kind of leads us to the thing that we're not allowed to talk about right now. But yeah. when this comes out, will be an enormous feather in your cap. Yeah. Um, yeah. It must be a real meeting of two of your worlds coming together. Yeah. Um, totally mind blowing. Yeah. yeah. So. For those that aren't involved in the video game sort of business, um, now it's big business. It's huge. Like with, with video games now having budgets uh, way in excess of Hollywood blockbusters and making more money than any other form of entertainment, uh, something like Call of Duty and, and Grand Theft Auto and things like this are now mega blockbuster video games that make a lot of money. The, 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 the sort of rush to be a part of that and be it soundtrack or have songs on that is enormous. It's like being in a, a, a Hollywood movie. One of the, the, the games that's been uh, quite a long time in production is a game called Cyberpunk. And this is based on a, a, a games that were way back in the day, like syndicates and things like this, which were based on kind of far-flung future, but with um, things that like uh, androids and, and, and kind of body modifications and all that type of thing. Very quickly, that whole world was adopted by metal. So you had like things like the Cybergoth, you're welcome, came from metal. Um, and it came from metal meeting cyberpunk and steampunk. And, and it came from that marvelous clash. So to give too much, before I go too much down the rabbit hole, this, the game Cyberpunk now is, is, is touted to be one of the biggest games of this year, if it comes out this year or next year. It's been moved around from that. Donnie and the band. Answer. I have a song or songs on the soundtrack to this to this video game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is extraordinary, mate. It's insane. 
absolutely insane. Yeah, we've got um, yeah a track on the. Uh, I, I guess because I haven't seen it yet. I don't, I don't know what the what the situation is, but yeah, there's uh, either a black metal or an extreme metal radio station, and they said to us, "There's probably ten songs on there." And we we just got an email just out of the blue about a week after the album had come out, just saying, "Oh, we're CD Project Red." Uh, you may have heard, I don't know, there's, there's a game called Cyberpunk from, we, we do a game called uh, The Witcher. And we're like, yes. what the fuck? Another massive release, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yeah, we know who you are. Yeah, we, we, we've heard of it. <laughs> Did you play it cool when you said, you go, I think we've heard, is that video games? Is that something yeah. to do with, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, and obviously behind the scenes, we're like, what? what? So <laughs> at, at first, at first we thought it was a wind-up. Right. We thought it was one of our mates from a band called King of Pigs uh, winding us up. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, so they basically said, oh, look, we've, we've heard the album. Uh, we really like it. Um, would you be interested in doing a uh, doing like an exclusive track for us for the for the game? And we're like, what? It's like, it's, it's real? like to, to put it in like to put it into context it's like the start the start reality of it is we're a band that not that many people know of mm. and you know on on average at a gig uh, opening up a gig maybe playing to like 10 people you know if, if we're lucky most nights that sort of thing you know midweek gigs all that yeah. and then yeah just get this email out of the blue asking us to do a track for cyberpunk which is just absolutely fucking blew our minds. It's difficult um, to, for someone that isn't in that world, either from a music point of view or a video games point of view. It's difficult to to kind of emphasize how how massive that is. Yeah. So, for yeah. example, when um, sort of the bands appeared on the the game Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Two, those bands and enough people buying their merch and their records and getting into them and and that type of thing that they could still. They could tour the world from that. That's how big that became. Because yeah. if you think, like Don was saying there, the, there's only 10 songs on this particular channel, and that gets repeated ad infinitum whilst you're playing a video game. You know, most people sit and play video games for hours. So these songs, we talk about like people sitting and listening to, to a piece of music that you've wrote. It, you've now got a captive audience because it's the part of their background. Yeah. You know, yeah. video games tunes are, are remembered for forever the universal the minute it comes on you think of the game if you played that video game and it suddenly means that you've got this captive audience are you ready for i think we both know that it's going to be quite an enormous uh, info dump on you when people are mm. just going to suddenly want to track you down and and listen to you it's going to come like a wave right yeah we we are not ready <laughs> can you be can you even be ready for for that level of exposure I mean, literally we, overnight yeah well i mean we've we've been sat on this for what it'll be coming up to nearly two years mm. um by the by the time it actually comes out yeah so uh but yeah we, it's just a massive experiment for us because we, mm. we've got no idea what you know what the impact of that is if there's going to be any at all i mean there might not be any at all mm. but um but yeah, it's fucking weird. It's really Don, weird. Donnie is a lovely gentleman, um, <laughs> but he's wrong. Um, it, this, he, he, he does know what will happen. It will be fucking mental. If, if we can give another explanation to explain just how big this is, 
Samuel Jackson did the voice <laughs> on GTA a long time ago. One, I think it's San Andreas. He did the voice of one of the police officers in it. And instead of getting paid for this, ladies and gentlemen, he asked for a cut of what that video game made, a percentage, if you will. <laughs> he made so much money from that video game, so much money, that the actors, Screen Actors Guild, the SAG, the Screen Actors Guild, stopped people from doing that because he made so much money. <laughs> so what I'm saying is that Donska, Donska, this will come out, and I'm telling you now that will have so much attention that Donnie will eventually, let's hope, be able to tour and and really kind of this will be a massive launching pad. The, have you got an idea then that when this does take off and it will, uh, yeah. the the next stage? Have you got the other half to this EP then? Have you got something kind of? Is it literally we've, going to become just a complete clean line starting point? It's we've got what we were working on when we went away uh, mm. that time. Because I say for the EP, we just we knuckled down. We said right, we've got. We're giving ourselves three months yeah. from start to finish, writing, getting it all done, and putting it out. Um, which, which has ended up taking a little bit longer than that. We're putting it out and all that mm. sort of stuff, but we we just started afresh. So we've still got stuff in the in in the bank in the archive. Yeah. yeah. But uh, but no, we we just carrying on writing. We're so like I say, just completely unprepared. We're just like yeah. we yeah. just see see what happens. See I think, what happens. I think... Ladies and gentlemen, we're most definitely going to get Donnie on again, mainly because he'll be super famous and I can use that collateral to, to make out that I somehow know what I was talking about. But yeah, we're definitely going to get Donnie on again, mainly to see the, the difference between, you know, let's give it a couple mm. of weeks after the release, because I think you, uh, you're you going to really kind of enjoy some new listeners that will, you know, will, will want to take, you know, your certainly answers music requires multiple listens. Mm. And and it takes a while to kind of involve yourself in them, and you're going to get that. And I think it's going to pay dividends. People are going to really enjoy it. I enjoy it anyway. If we're going to get enjoy yeah. it whilst to play a video game, it's going to be fantastic. I mean, we've well, how long have we gone now? We're we're, we're coming. We're over an hour now. We're over an hour, yeah. as, as I said we'd be. Uh, and we haven't even covered. I mean, we could talk about folk metal or another hour, but we're not going to. Um, and we could certainly talk about video games for over an hour, but we're not going oh, to yeah. either. Um, yeah. <laughs> but ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get it. We're going to have to get Donny back on again. Um, it's it's been really nice talking to you, Don. Mainly because it's nice to get a window into maybe some genres that people didn't initially listen to, and uh, it's been interesting to get into a. a, a a vision of why kind of so maybe on the cusp of their album or their their art getting to a much bigger audience and that's been quite yeah. quite instructive and quite interesting and quite inspirational i think hopefully some people might realize that listen you know it, you don't know when you're going to get that email from cd project red uh, and change your life yeah. you know no um, no well ladies I mean, and gentlemen we, th we... thanks for coming on the show don it's been been a lot of fun this one i've loved it man it's been great it's, <laughs> it's been been great. Easy. <laughs> How did we find that? I thought it was uh, a lot of fun and a lot of fun to talk about. A side of metal that you know, I, I wasn't as au fait with. I don't really, I don't propose to know everything. I mean, it'd be crazy to say that. Every like sort of genre and niche of metal and folk is something. I, there are people who, who listen to, to to that side of it or in, or in folk metal bands. I'd really like to hear from you. I think that's something I've been going down the rabbit hole of streaming services and, and listening to stuff by, by various artists that people have already suggested to me. But it's a world I find absolutely fascinating. So, uh, once again, that's how, how brilliant is metal, how brilliant is that metal music and heavy music that there's always these corners that you can kind of 
go into and search and find this whole slew of great music. So, you know, obviously listen to uh, Anta and Dark Spectrum and Crumbling Ghost and everything that, the, that Donny's doing on the Cyberpunk 2077 soundtrack. Once again, I'll put a whole bunch of links to, to various projects that he's involved with. I think we can both agree that, you know, we'll see how his journey goes then and we'll see how, the, you know, answering the, the, the future releases. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll definitely get Donny Hopkins back on the show because uh, it was just a lot of fun, and I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you're enjoying the show. This show is the 99th show, one before 100 for those people uh, maths-minded. Uh, I'm probably going to do the Christmas show, New Year, New Year show, all kind of all together, and I'll do that so it'll appear. This will. What I'm saying is that this will probably be the last show before the New Year, and then the New Year I'll kind of put a little bit of a bigger show together and do some nice things there. I've got a whole bunch of guests coming up for the New Year, which I'm really, really excited about, which is kind of that's what you're always meant to say isn't it as a podcast i've got this planned and up but i have i've got a couple of people i really want to talk to and let's hope that you know this will be all over the the pandemic thing and we'll be able to go to shows and gigs because that's the lifeblood of what i'm doing on this show it's the it's the it feeds it i go to a show i meet people who, who are really good i listen to really great music and i try and tell everybody about it and try and enthuse people to go and listen and do the same that's all the show's ever been about and i hope you're enjoying it and i hope well, we, it will be, be a better year and I will definitely see you at a show.